Hello and welcome to The Poetry of Science, a podcast which provides insight into new scientific research via the medium of poetry. I'm your host, Dr Sam Illingworth, and each week I'll be introducing you to some of the latest scientific findings and sharing a selection of science-themed poetry. This episode explores new research, which has found that nearly a decade after the nuclear accident in Fukushima, wildlife populations are abundant in areas devoid of human life. After the accident, the forest returned, blanketing forsaken machinery in a gentle, unfamiliar embrace. Stacks of contaminated televisions lie in heaps, repurposed as shelters for the returning fauna. Computer screens that once glimmered with potency now lie abandoned, tainted by a film of excrement and something that we mustn't name. From a certain perspective, time stands still. Seek a deer dance across radioactive ley lines, undeterred by the threatening names that we have conferred and which they have never understood. Wild boars roam the zones, our evacuation excluding them no longer as they stomp past green pheasants, their bronze mantles blazing in the solitude of our retreat. After the accident, the forest returned, staking a claim to the life we abandoned. This poem is inspired by research published in Frontiers in Ecology and Environment, which has found that nearly a decade after the nuclear accident in Fukushima, Japan, wildlife populations are abundant in areas devoid of human life. Following a major earthquake on 11th March 2011, a 15-metre tsunami disabled the power supply and cooling of three reactors at the Fukushima Daichi nuclear power plant, causing a nuclear accident. In response to this accident, the Japanese government evacuated humans from the area And while there has been considerable interest in understanding the ecological impacts of the nuclear accident, there remains much speculation regarding the status of wildlife species in the surrounding area. In this new study, photographic data was gathered from 106 camera sites from three zones, humans excluded due to the highest level of contamination, humans restricted due to an intermediate level of contamination, and humans inhabited, an area where people have been allowed to remain due to background or very low levels of radiation found in the environment. The researchers based these designations on zones previously established by the Japanese government immediately after the 2011 Fukushima Daiichi accident. In total, over 267,000 wildlife photos recorded the activity of more than 20 species, including wild boars, pheasants, foxes and raccoon dogs. By analysing these photographs, the researchers were able to show that despite chronic exposure to levels of radiation that forced humans to evacuate, populations of many species of animals have responded favourably to the removal of humans from the landscape. Overall, the researchers found no evidence of a reduction in the populations of either mid to large sized mammals or Gelanacinus, i.e. fowl-like or chicken-like birds, and showed that several species were actually most abundant in human evacuated areas, despite the presence of radiological contamination. Furthermore, the researchers observed that if any effects of radiological exposure in mid to large sized mammals in the Fukushima exclusion zone do exist, They occur at individual or molecular scales and are not apparent at the population level. The findings of this study are in agreement with other recent studies in the area surrounding the Chernobyl nuclear power plant, providing additional evidence for the rewilding of landscapes following human abandonment, even in high levels of radioactivity. Now that you've heard the science, let me read the poem to you again. 
After the accident, the forest returned, blanketing forsaken machinery in a gentle, unfamiliar embrace. Stacks of contaminated televisions lie in heaps, repurposed as shelters for the returning fauna. Computer screens that once glimmered with potency now lie abandoned, tainted by a film of excrement and something that we mustn't name. From a certain perspective, time stands still. Seek a deer dance across radioactive ley lines, undeterred by the threatening names that we have conferred and which they have never understood. Wild boars roam the zones, our evacuation excluding them no longer as they stomp past green pheasants, their bronze mantles blazing in the solitude of our retreat. After the accident, the forest returned, staking a claim to the life we abandoned. section of the podcast I'd like to share a poem written by another poet on a topic related to the science that's been discussed so far. In this episode I'll be reading Chernobyl Year by Jihan Dubrow. Jihan Dubrow was born in Italy and grew up in Yugoslavia, Zaire, Poland, Belgium, Austria and the United States. She is the author of seven poetry collections including most recently American Samizdat and a book of creative non-fiction Through Smoke an Essay in Notes. Her poems, essays and book reviews have appeared in the Southern Review, Virginia Quarterly Review, the New England Review and play these. Her eighth collection of poems, Simple Machines, won the Richard Wilbur Poetry Award, and she is currently the Professor of Creative Writing at the University of North Texas. Chernobyl Year by Jehan Dubrow. We dreamed of glowing children, their throats alive and cancerous, their eyes like lightning in the dark. We were uneasy in our skins. Sixth grade, a year for blowing up, for learning that nothing contains that heat which comes from growing, the way our parents seemed at once both tall as cooling towers and crushed beneath the pressure of small things. Family dinners, the evening news, the dead voice of the dial tone. Even the ground was ticking, the parts that grew grew poison, whatever we ate became a stone, whatever we said was love became plutonium, became a spark of panic in the buried world. Thank you for listening to the Poetry of Science. If you want to find out more about the scientific study featured in this episode, or read any of the poems in full, then please visit the show notes at scipoetry.podbean.com. That's scipoetry.podbean.com, where you can also find out how to get in touch with any questions or comments you might have. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.